Today's devotion is from John 11, uh, verses 45 through 57. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what he had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the council and said, What are we to do? This man is performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and destroy both our holy place and our holy nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all. You do not understand that it is better for you to have one man die for the people than to have the whole nation destroyed. He did not say this on his own, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus was about to die for the nation, and not for the nation only, but to gather into one the dispersed children of God. So from that day on, they planned to put him to death. Jesus therefore no longer walked about openly among the Jews, but went from there to a town called Ephraim in the region near the wilderness, and he remained there with his disciples. Now the Passover of the Jews was near, and many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. They were looking for Jesus and were asking one another as they stood in the temple, What do you think? Surely he will not come to the festival, will he? Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that anyone who knew where Jesus was should let them know so that they might arrest him. One of the central themes of John's Gospel that we have heard now through these first 11 chapters is about the unity of God the Father and Jesus. As people moved away the stone from Lazarus's grave, Jesus prays and offers this, these words to God in verses 41 and 42. So they took away the stone and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. Jesus is reaffirming that as he raises Lazarus from the dead, he is doing the work that his father has sent him to do. He and the father are one. Some from the, from the crowds um, who have seen that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, some from that crowd believe that he is a miracle worker. But others go to report it to the religious leaders unconvinced that Jesus is anything but a rabble-rouser and a threat to their security. The religious authorities, especially Caiaphas, believes that Jesus is a political threat. Others believe him to be the Messiah, the Son of God. And so the conflict ensues. The religious leaders are fearful of the Romans. If Jesus continues to capture the crowd's attention, that will provide more opportunity for the Romans to tighten down their 
control of Israel. They see Jesus, his signs, his words, and his presence as a threat. This is because people are following him. More and more people are following him. And they are fearful that the Romans will come and destroy both our holy place and our nation. Caiaphas is a calculating politician who sees Jesus as a politician, one that he must silence. In verses 49 to 51, we read, But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all. You do not understand that it is better for you to have one man die for the people than to have the whole nation destroyed. He did not say this on his own, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus was about to die for the nation. Caiaphas sees Jesus's upcoming death as a politically expedient one, and Jesus's death will be a sacrifice, but not the political sacrifice to the Romans to save their nation. It is not a political sacrifice that Caiaphas envisions or many of the other religious leaders it will be a sacrifice but a spiritual sacrifice and that sacrifice will save not just one nation but many nations from their sins and from death as his opponents try to silence Jesus to prevent the crowds from following him Jesus will actually draw more to him through his cross and through his crucifixion. In verses 51-52, it says that Caiaphas did not say this on his own, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus was about to die for the nation, and not just for the nation, but to gather into one the dispersed children of God, the scattered children all around the world. Hence the cross becomes a symbol. It is a symbol of unity for Christians. So as oddly as it sounds, Jesus demonstrates its truthfulness. Jesus was crucified not because he was guilty of any sin. He was innocent. Jesus is crucified because he is offered as the sacrificial lamb that takes away the sin of the world. He dies as a crucified Messiah and now reigns in glory. None of this makes sense because crucifixion was understood to be uh, a death that was despised, that was reserved for the, the worst of the worst of slaves and uh, people that had no bearing in society. This is the most humiliating kind of death you could have. And Jesus dies in that humiliating death. And from that death, he is glorified. He reigns as King of Kings. So as they prepare now, the religious leaders, to put Jesus to death, I'm wondering what in you needs to be put to death? Is it some aspect of doubt? Some political shenanigans? Is it um, your view that you're always right? 
um, is it your disregard for the poor? What needs to be put to death in you this day? I pray that God will bless your reflection upon this devotion and that the Holy Spirit will come and enlighten you. God bless your day.